Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and on this episode of Enterprising Families we are going to be speaking about the power of telling our stories through writing and to take us on this journey we have with us Melissa Parks and David Getz and they are from Journey 66 and I am so excited to have them as guests for this episode. Welcome Melissa and welcome Dave. Thanks so much for having us. We're grateful to be here and talking about storytelling. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I'm so excited about the conversation and where this will go. Absolutely. And to get us started off, as usual, I will ask my guests to introduce themselves. And in this case, we have ladies first, and I will allow <laughs> Melissa to tell us a little bit about yourself before we move on to David. Absolutely. Yes, I'm Melissa Parks, and I am co-founder with Dave Getz of Journey 66. And Journey 66 is a book writing community for writers who want to start and make progress in their book and publish and promote their book. I've been in publishing now for over 20 years. I've helped a lot of authors write their stories, write their books, whether it's um, in magazines or in books. I'm really I'm really passionate about helping people find their voice and get to the meat of their story and the heart of their story. So I have a background in literature. My undergraduate studies were in literature and also my graduate studies. So I'm in love with the English language just in general and word choices and how authors communicate things in fresh ways. I live in Chicago, have a almost 21 year old son and am married. Um, and I love antiquing. So that's what I like to do on my side. <laughs> and David? So my name is Dave. Um, it's, uh, I, I typically go by Dave as opposed to David, even though formally I write out David. Uh, but I am the founder of, uh, co-founder as well with, with Melissa Parks of Journey 66. Melissa and I have worked together for like, gosh, Melissa, I think 23 years. We worked together at a publishing company uh, back then. And, and then in 2000, I started a strategic marketing agency, which we still work together on. So Journey 66 is our uh, you know, second business that we work together on. And, and I too, like Melissa, I just, one of the things that we love at Journey 66 is helping people tell their stories through memoirs, tell the story through um, you know, writing as they want to write about their families, their legacies, and help them really tell an engaging story. And it's, it, it's not just merely stringing together a bunch of stories and, 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 but it's actually finding that common thread. And, and so that's one of our passions at Journey 66. Amazing. So looking at our topic, I know we had um, an extensive discussion before we set up this recording, and I loved to hear the work that you do, especially because I feel like it's so important 
to share family stories as well as family's histories. And not a lot of people actually take the time to do it. And with so much media now, people want to take shortcuts. Not that there are shortcuts. Uh, video is great as well as audio. But the power of writing within itself for the writer as well as the reader is it's life-changing. And I think books have been in our lives for so long. What are your thoughts about why it is so important for people to write? I'll start with Dave. So what happens when you write is uh, you're forced to think as you write. And so we always like to say that writing is thinking and thinking is writing. So it was interesting when you mentioned the idea of video. Video is a tremendous way to tell vignettes, to capture uh, wonderful moments in the family. So absolutely, that's tremendous. But when you start to sit down to write, something fundamentally, uh, let me just say, something is different than, than typically like a video or um, maybe even audio. There's something really uh, that forces you as a, as a, as the person writing it to start to do research, to start to think about that research. And one of the big things when you're telling the story, for example, of your family is you're starting to go, okay, so what is it that I want to say about the family? And, and, and is it, is it, and there needs to be some sort of plot almost what we call a plot, like in fiction, we talk about that there are these, you know, you have a beginning, middle and an end. But if you're writing a memoir, for example, you're not going to tell the entire story of the family. That would be more of a biography, right, of a family. But with a memoir, you're, you're telling a certain slice of the family, a certain window, maybe a certain time period. Or you might be doing something, you might be writing about the entire legacy of the family, but you're focusing on something specific, a thread that, that, um, that kind of runs through all the stories and really makes all the stories hang together. So back to your question, um, writing is just different. It's different in kind from putting together videos. And even though you're writing with that, you're, you're looking at it differently. And, and so I think writing is just fundamentally um, it, it's a really wonderful way to start to think really critically, not just critically in a bad sense, but analytically about your family and what it is you want and what is the story that you really want to tell about your family. I would add to that as far as the reader goes, the reader also is forced to slow down, right? With video, it often is a passive activity and it's done before you've even had time to really process it. And it's so cumbersome to go back and rewind and get to that exact moment that you want to kind of linger on. I think with written words, you can linger a little bit more on what the person is saying. You can underline something, you can go back to it, you can slow down. So I do think there's something powerful with writing that you don't get with something like video. And it also gives you more of an opportunity to explore. Nobody's going to sit for, um, you know, two-hour video. I mean, I guess if it was done really well, like a feature film, but I think that you with books, you have an opportunity to take people on a longer journey and a more in-depth journey. So I think that's also a benefit of the written word versus, say, video or, and, you know, social media, like, 
I do a lot of social media writing and that is a great way to tell pieces of your story, but you have to be so brief in social media. You really can't get into the nuances of the topic. So again, book writing, maybe journal writing, blog posts where you can do a little bit more long form. I think it's a really wonderful way to go deep into a topic and connect with your audience deeper. Yes, you brought up so many issues there. And as a family member myself um, and an aspiring writer, and I say aspiring writer because I know how difficult it is to put pen on paper or put fingers on the keyboard and start that process. So the first question along how to get started is how do I get started? How does um, a family member, someone who wants to, to start sharing a story, get started? What's the starting point? That's a great question. And the most simple answer is you just start with very low expectations of what you're going to produce. I think myself included, you know, looking at a blank screen is so intimidating and having an open notebook and you saying, I'm going to write a book or I'm going to write my family story is so intimidating. So I like to encourage people just to start writing with no expectations of this turning into something bigger than it is, because I think you find motion and forward movement and progress as soon as you just start writing. And the more that you begin to write, the, the, the easier it becomes. But we do have some strategies for people who are wanting to start out, say, writing a memoir. And Dave, I'll turn that over to you. Do you want to give a couple of examples? I will. And then I'll, I'll bounce it back to you. I think one of the first things is when you start to think about uh, writing your family story, whether it's a memoir, whether it's your story within the family, or you want to just, okay, I want to tell the story of our family. What we, we, what we recommend initially is to just to create a list of what we call major stories in your family's life and minor stories. And, and that's simply, you know, opening up a Word document or whatever it is, uh, whatever software you're using to, to write and just to start listing some of these major, major stories. And, and a story is something that can be a, a transition when maybe the family business was handed off to the next generation. It could be, for example, we did a memoir with a, a Orthodox uh, Jewish businessman who um, his grandfather uh, moved from, I think it was Lithuania. Was that right, Melissa? Yeah, Lithuania, Lithuania to, to South, South Africa. Africa. So part of his memoir was reflecting on that, but that story fit within what he was trying to talk about in terms of the book. So, um, so when we started with him and worked with him, he just started listing all these major stories. And we didn't know if they would fit in the book or not. But one story that eventually made it into the book, he also wanted to tell the story of when he had an affair with, um, uh, I think, his wife's cousin and, and how that destroyed the family. And that was a really kind of a pivotal moment in the book. And not everyone is going to want to tell those kind of stories. But for him, it was really important because he wanted that book to um, to be read by the next generation to talk about where he had ended up. He ended up being a very, very successful businessman, eventually migrating to the United States. But back to our point is start to list, list those major stories. It could be a merger. It could be 
um, a divorce. It could be some other crisis. Just start listing them without any expectations of trying to, quote unquote, string those together. Right. And then from there, we like to encourage people to also then begin to list these minor stories, things that maybe weren't as impactful as a, a life change, like a, a health issue or a move or whatever those big changes are in your life. But there's some minor stories. Maybe it was a conversation or something that happened at school. and It really has stuck with you through the years. You start to list those as well. And then you have all of these stories. And now it's time to go through and think through is there a theme that ties these stories together? Why have these stories stuck with me? Is there a big idea that can um, create a canopy over all of, all of these stories that can be strung through them? So I'm making a point in my book. And of course, there are gonna be some minor points. It's not just one point, but a book does have a major point. So in the book that Dave is referring to, it was really about how this man's faith had, um, as a Jewish man, had caused him to, um, to, in, to, in the sense of when he had that affair, to, to own up to his mistakes, to move forward, to do better. So that's kind of the big idea of the book is like, how do you do better? And how does my faith um, inform that? So that was the, probably the major thing. There are some minor things though, themes though throughout the book. And part of that was also he um, how his faith inspired his relationships. One of the great and powerful uh, points of that book was as well, um, you know, his his family had been persecuted by the Germans, and yet he founded a business and he sold it to a German company, and then went to work for that German company as like number two or number three in the entire company, and and so he, he talked, and that was part of the juxtaposition of the his faith with the with the German company that he actually served and his relationship with the founder and relationship with the with the other people in the firm even as a Jewish man whose whose grandfather had been persecuted by the Nazis so it was really powerful and and so um, as you start to think about this theme we also talk about the importance of what we call a narrative arc right? There's a story arc. And, and you're starting in one place when the book starts. And at the end, you end up in a much different place. And that's, that's the narrative arc. And so trying to identify that narrative arc is really important. Sometimes you can only do it as you write, you start to realize, oh, this is what this book is about. And this is what I'm, this is the journey I'm taking uh, uh, people on. So that's all these stories are meant to be put together in a way that creates this narrative arc and moves people from that first chapter to that final chapter. Mm, this is all so interesting. So many questions come up. Um, especially looking at the examples, uh, the example that you gave, I think writing in itself um, proved to be therapeutic because in all stories, they are um, the low moments and the high moments, but the lessons are the most important. And as people read, they are forced to place themselves in the shoes of the storyteller and actually resonate or anticipate how they feel, when they feel it, and what the next decision is. What do you think is the most powerful takeaway for 
readers, especially when it comes to next gens, when they get the opportunity to read stories that come from the current gens or the previous gens, because all of a sudden it's no longer just a story that they told at bedtime or around the family fire. They get to hear the words from the individual themselves. That's a great question. And I, I love how you, you phrase that. Every story is full of highs and lows. And I, I, I think that so often um, when we hear these stories around the campfire, as you said, or at the dinner table, they kind of have this larger than life um, essence to them. And I think when it's written down um, by the first generation, maybe they actually are slowing down to process things that they haven't in telling the story in the grandiose way. And so I think there's an opportunity for the next gen to see maybe a humility um, in, in, the, in, the, in the writer, in the, in the previous gen and what um, they really struggled with. And I think if you can slow down in the reading and actually almost read between the lines, I think you're going to come away with some wisdom. And I think that's the great power of storytelling is you do come away with wisdom, as you said. Dave, would you add to that? I do think that in, when telling the story of, a, of your family, there's always this tendency and you have to be careful not to to create a heroicism that is kind of a turnoff to the next generation. And without talking about the struggles, I think what's really encouraging uh, to me as I think about my family is, is, is knowing that these there were these moments in my family's life that they did not know the future in that moment. They didn't know that things were gonna turn out okay, right? and. And so if you're going to write something like a memoir or a what you know what might be called a legacy book or just to tell the story of your family and to make it really interesting to that next generation and give them hope give them some because they all have to find their own quest right they're on their own quest to to find out who who they are and i think any principles and lessons about how difficult it was what was learned through it and doing it in a way that that doesn't come across as i don't know what the what the word but overly heroic right because we're all just normal people and we're we're living this life and we have opportunities we have challenges and we're all struggling to get through it. And, and I think a book that tells like the full story, both the highs and the lows, that in and of itself, uh, and if you tell it in a compelling way, I think has real resonance with the next generation. Absolutely. And I know there's so many different types of books out there and the, and the way that they're written and set up. And a lot of people, especially business people, tend to want to write the book from a format of um, advice giving. And yeah. um, they put it in a way where they're more of um, sharing their wisdom in that way. However, personally, I feel that although that format is great, um, actual sharing of experience and story in itself is it's, comes across more powerful because we grew we grow up on stories we hear stories from the time we little we little and we our imaginations are captured by um, fairy tales as much as um, real life experiences so when it comes to writing books for the family would you advise or what are your thoughts on um, writing a, a book 
formatted as a story um, and or uh, a book formatted with um, with life experiences in terms of ad advice and then uh, linking it back to experiences that led to that knowledge. Dave, do you want to go first? <laughs> well, I would agree with you that I do think that the books um, just with advice are kind of dreary and, and because they tend to be very preachy in some ways, it's hard not to make those books preachy. And so I would just affirm that I, I think the story, the approach through storytelling, and, and again, how do you do this? I think maybe you think of, of, of your family as more of, a, think of it like a, 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 if you were writing a book of fiction, right? You would, you would have crisis in there. You would have resolution of crisis. You'd have, you'd be moving somewhere with a story. And so when people read it, they're engaged with the characters. They're engaged with the tension. They don't know what's going to happen in many ways, just like life was lived out. Like all our lives in families, we don't know how life is going to turn out. And, and in that moment, so a book that's written in that, that kind of way, I think, can be very, very, um, really powerful because you're not you're not just asking people to to. It's not. It's a more sophisticated way, actually, of of of, of writing of of helping the family. I think is telling it as a story, and so I think as you think about how you're going to write that, the question is. Are you what what years are you writing about, right? And and what's what's the what's the in a sense the big idea as we've talked about either what is it that you want to say? Are you or I remember a story someone telling me about a family um, that uh, that had moved. They had it was like they had survived in the family business for I think three hundred years, and they had had to start over like two or three times they had had to move to like Venezuela and then they moved to um, I think the U S then, then they may have even gone to Canada. And it was a really powerful story about when they fled. I think they would, they had fled uh, Germany at the time. And, 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 and so that story, could you imagine telling that just as a, as kind of some business lessons, that would be just dreary. <laughs> so, so I love that. I think you're right. I think, I think through a, through narrative is, is what you're talking about it is the best way to tell those kind of stories. And, and then the question is, how are you going to do that? What, what angle are you going to come from and, and who's the narrator? And in those stories, that's often the biggest issue is who's telling the story. Is it an omniscient narrator? So is the person who is it, you know, how are you going to approach that story? There's a lot of different ways to approach that story. I would just add that <clears throat> Dave and I have worked with many authors on business books, many for um, the family business space. And those are often advice driven, but they are interlaced with story. And we always encourage authors to think of anchor stories for those chapters, those, those, those bits of advice, say they want to talk about succession and what needs to happen in order for, you know, succession to happen. You think of the best story to illustrate um, maybe a family that did it wrong, right? And where it went wrong. And you, that's where you, you leave the reader like, man, it fell apart here. And then the author, 
with the um, the expert comes in and says, "Hey, here's here's what could have been done. Here's a proven way for TLS succession." I'm being a little bit simple here, but the idea is that even if you're writing a nonfiction book that is more of a popular business book, there's always an opportunity to use story because as you said, that's how you connect with the human experience. That's how you get the reader engaged, how you keep them moving forward and reading because if they can identify with the emotion of the of the person struggling in that opening story on some level, maybe it's the, the parent, maybe it's the child, whoever it is, then you're going to have a better chance of getting them to listen to your advice. There's nothing worse than just, you know, coming in as this expert and dishing out advice without trying to connect on some level with the reader. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so important because at the end of the day, when it comes to family, we tend to rely on oral tradition. We tend to rely sometimes on myth and mystery. And depending on who's telling the story, we sometimes tend to forget certain subplots or influences that have impacted the family. And just to have this curated into a book is something that is so important. My next question would then be, what are your thoughts on having multiple generations creating a repository of, of, uh, of books, of experiences? So um, families engaging in having each generation or key members in each generation um, writing their stories and um, keeping them as similar to a box set um, where then as the family history unrolls, they have something to reference on that is just not based on um, the key facts that you can get in archaeological societies, but then uh, a repository that um, shares the collective memory of the family. I love the idea. I think in doing that, it would be great for whoever starts that process to have at least some overarching meta structure for what you're trying to do. And, and so, um, I mean, you could argue that, you know, if you, let, let's just say you have a, uh, three generations and you, and you say, Hey, let's start, let's start now because we we've not done that. And so somebody has to go in and do a little research on and create that first one based on that first gen who is probably gone now. Right. So, um, but before you, you start to think about this, it would be good to have really what we would call an editorial plan for how do we want to think about this? How, what are the stories we want to tell and who can write the story? So anybody who, um, what, what's that, what's that line in history that, you know, history is written by the victors. No. Um, so anybody who writes, you know, for the family, who is that person who gets to write? And, and what is their view on the family and, 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 and how, how should we tell those stories and what are the rules? I'll just give you an example. So I had a, someone I know who's in the U S is a, is a very well-known writer in certain circles and has been very, very successful that it was his life livelihood. And he ended up being um, quite successful. I mean, his books have sold into the millions, millions, you know, several times and, and that's how he has made his life at towards the end of his life. And 
not the end end, but when he hit his 60s, he said, you know, I really want to do a memoir of what it was like to grow up in the in a fundamentalist family. And and so now this is uh, this won't be applicable to everybody, but I want to talk about the principles. So he did not want to write that memoir until his mother had died. She, to this point, I think he just published the memoir just recently. And I think she's now in, she's like in her nineties and is, is now has Alzheimer's. So he finally felt comfortable in writing the memoir because he wanted to talk about the effects of fundamentalism on his own life, on his belief, his spirituality. And so he probably wanted to describe some things growing up that probably were not um, you know, favorable to the family. So I think when you start talking about the stories of the family, you start needed to say, okay, who, who gets to make those judgments about what gets told, what stories get told and what stories don't get told. Cause all of us have, you know, the heroic stories, we have the challenge stories where we overcame something that was really dark, but then we have kind of behavioral dark behavioral stories where, you know, cousin Johnny uh, behaved badly. And, and that's part of the narrative too. So as you think about what you're just talking about, you have to make judgments about what, what stories can we tell and what stories can't we tell? And, and that's, a, and that should be, that should be discussed uh, before you start to embark on who gets to tell the story. That's a great point, Dave. I mean, you could really, if you're not, concerned about um, hurting people, then I, you have more freedom in what you allow people to write. You can say, just go off and write whatever you want. But you do have to think about, is this purpose to unify the family? Is, this pur- is the purpose of this book to um, enlighten the family? Is it to help them move forward? And sometimes you need to tell those moral fail- failure stories to help um, a family move forward. But you also have to really think, am I throwing this person under the bus? Do they know that I'm going to be sharing this um, or this person is going to be sharing this? And in what medium is this going to be shared, right? The more public it, it's going to be shared, I think the more careful you have, have to be with that. So yeah, Dave, you make a great point about that. You, you have to have some sort of judgment about what's going to be included and how much vulnerabilities are going to be, or how much are you going to allow people to share, and what what ultimately is the purpose? It goes back to purpose. Um, if it's if it's therapeutic, and you may people may need to work through those moral failures, if, especially if it impacted a lot of people from generation to generation. Say there's alcoholism or abuse, right? And it's a more, more of a well known. Um, well-known story, then yeah, I would say that was probably should be in there. But again, you have to really grapple with how much are you going to share? Because there are other people's lives that might be impacted by these words. We're all making judgments about what goes in and what doesn't go in a story. And the more salacious it is, the more interesting it is, right? But (laughs) there's a line that you cross, and especially within a family about you know, what stories are we going to tell about our family? And, and, um, and that's really important. And, and that's, and every family has all those kinds of stories. And so as you think about the, 
this set, which I really love that idea. I love what you're talking about. I do see, I, I think some thinking and also who gets to write, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who, who gets to actually be the narrator and, and, and write these stories in each generation. That's an important conversation. But what I love most about this idea, I think it's such a powerful, powerful idea is because you do get these multiple perspectives on something and a, a moment in time. And I think that that's so interesting that something can happen and people can experience it so differently. And it opens your eyes to, wow, well, this was happening here. It was happening this way for this person. And, or this thing that happened, you know, 20, 50 years ago is still, you know, impacting this person today. So I think it's so powerful, the idea of crossing generations with stories, because I think it helps you see um, the human experience as having um, kind of this cascading influential effect, right? And you're part of this larger community. It's not just you. It's not just your story. You're part of a bigger story. And I think that's so important to realize that our we're not just responsible for our actions for ourselves, but for those who come after us. So I, I love the idea of having multiple generations tell stories because it can be incredibly unifying. It can raise difficult but important conversations that families need to have. So I, I love the concept. Mm. I could talk to you guys all day and explore so many ways in which we can unpack family stories. But for today, we have to stop here. And I would like to ask both of you to leave us with some parting word of wisdom or advice on writing stories and how families should put that at the forefront and not put it as background noise and have it as a a work in progress that will one day be imparted from generation to generation. And I will start with you, Dave. Wow. That I'll just say this is that as a writer, I've written three books and, and thousands and thousands of articles. (laughs) I will say that writing is hard work. And so, um, and so it is easy to kick the can down the road. It's easy to not make this a priority. And, 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 and families, we tend to have these moments where we go, oh, we should have done this. And so um, I, I just want to say that, 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 that any family that makes this a priority has to make it a priority and means it has to invest in it. It has to uh, spend some resources in it, meaning um, figuring out a way to conduct research, maybe even compensating uh, the person who is investing. If, if, if Let's just say that you made the decision that you were going to write that first book in the set. And you said, we're going to have, we're going to make these books about 250 pages. And we want the first one to be written on, on a generation that's already gone. Right. Or, and so all you have is this secondary information. You might have some you know, interviews or something, then, then really set aside money, time, talk about it at your family meetings and get the entire family involved in it because it's so much work. And the person who actually is doing it, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it will take over their life. So honor that person, invest in that person and make it a real priority. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice, Dave. And I would just add, Um, I think it can be a gift to write these stories down. I think of 
when my grandparents had passed away and finding something that they wrote down, scribbled down on paper, maybe it was in an autograph book, maybe it was a letter. You just pour over that because you want to be in touch with your past. And um, my parents wrote a book, but nobody before my parents have written a book. So I only know this really tiny piece of who my ancestors were and how amazing would it be to have even, you know, a 10,000 word piece from them in which they talk about, you know, what they have learned or the deepest principle that they wish that their future generations would know. I think it is such a gift. So you can, you can see it as a gift and connect again to the why, why do you want to do this? And I think a big part of that why is so that, you know, your family can be united throughout history. They can understand, they can, they can progress, they can learn from past failures. Um, I just think it's, it's so powerful and it, it could be a huge gift for your family. So maybe that would motivate some people to see it as a gift and help them to get over how difficult it is to actually get started, as you said earlier in the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much. And to everybody who's listening, I am sure that has um, just got you thinking in so many ways. I'm going to put more information in the show notes of how, how you can get hold of Melissa and Dave and explore how you can get started on your journey to becoming your family author or just the beginning of the storytelling in writing form for your family. Thank you guys once again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.